Hey everyone, welcome back to Stories from the Influencer Economy. This is Ryan Williams, your old pal at the Rhino Lab. I'm in my garage right now, looking at the sunny weather in California, doing something different this week. We're having a question and answer session with listeners from the community. I hope you enjoy it. My friend Mitchell, who's an avid podcast listener, he suggested we do something like this. And I took a poll and I found out there was a lot of questions people had specifically about entrepreneurship, tech startups, mental health, and scaling your business. So I'll be doing this regularly now. It's going to be potentially called One Question Friday or Community Feedback Session or Collab Session. I don't know yet. So if you have any ideas for how to name the show, uh, One Question Wednesday, Open Phones America, whatever it is, um, tweet me at Ryan J. Will. Go to Twitter and tweet me at Ryan J. Will. And finally, if you want to get my free guidebook for how to collaborate with influencers to scale your idea or business in the digital economy, go to influencereconomy.com. I'll give you the free guidebook. I love sharing my knowledge, teaching others, helping others to thrive with their business. Go to influencereconomy.com and I'll give you my free guidebook. It's 100 questions and answers to help you figure out how to scale your business and your idea. Thank you so much. Look forward to hearing what you think about the show. Hey, y'all, Ryan Williams here. Thank you so much for listening again. It's the Rhino Lab, stories from the influencer economy. Um, I've had a chance to think about a lot of what I'm up to these days because I'm speaking at Google in April. I'm so excited for that. Uh, Next month, April 5th, I'm giving a talk at Google's main campus in Mountain View. I'm thrilled about it, and I want to thank everyone who supported the podcast and bought my book to help me get to this next phase of my career And I wanted to give back to the community that's helped me to reach my next opportunities. I'm doing a fan mail Friday or a listener feedback session Q&A or a a coaching session is what I can call this, where I answer community questions and I give back my feedback through my experiences. Because if you listen to the show regularly, you know I'm a stand-up comedian um, back in my roots. And so this show is a little different. I make jokes or I say funny stories that... Typical business podcasts don't do because they don't want to take that risk. And I failed on stage. I've had 50 comedic appearances. I failed so many times. If I told you I was a comedian right now, you wouldn't even believe me. Because if I really was a successful comedian, I would be at the improv. I don't have a comedy special on HBO or on Netflix or on Comedy Central. I never succeeded. I went to the improv and I had uh, had a spot there. I did seven minutes at the improv. That was amazing. It was better than the open mics. But I've been called every name in the book. Every slur for someone that looks like me, I've been called that. So that failure actually helps me with my career. And it helps me build the bridges to my next business opportunities because I give speeches. I give talks. I do trainings. I teach others. I'm a salesperson. I sell my business and my company. And I failed so hard at stand-up comedy. I've been in dive bars in Washington, D.C. and Baltimore People smoking cigarettes, drinking stale beer have heckled me at no end. So that failure still helps me to this day. So during these feedback questions, I'd love to get into like my own failures and my own successes to help you avoid failure and help you avoid making some of the pitfalls I made. So this week, I am going to answer a question that's based on some of my failures working at startups and how I negotiated for equity or I, how lack thereof, how I didn't negotiate for equity. And for those of you who have ever worked at a startup or worked for a tech company or worked for a company that's a business with equity, you know that you can get shares of the company. And with a startup that hasn't launched, oftentimes you get shares for companies that are you know younger 
instead of getting money. And so I took less than market value at a lot of the startups I worked at, less than what I would get paid by a corporation in exchange for the equity that could give me a chance to make more money. So if the company got acquired or the company built something bigger that Google acquired or went public on the stock exchange, like Snapchat, when I, you know, IPO'd, you know, they went public a couple weeks ago. And so everyone who had equity in the company, all the employees made money off of that. And that's been big for LA because there's a lot of rich people now that can hopefully invest in new startups. Knowing in LA, they'll probably just buy a house in the hills and try to date models or, you know, live a surfing life. So who knows what they'll do. But, but this week's question for the show, it's going to be one question today is from a, a listener about equity and startups and how to negotiate for that. And I'll talk to you about my failures as well with, with uh, equity and how I didn't really stick up for myself at some companies. So Gamal, who uh, writes uh, an email, he has a design company called The Original Article, and he also has a podcast called The Rhymers Guild that he started with a buddy of his. And so I subscribed and left a review on iTunes. I'd recommend the same thing. Go to The Rhymers Guild. Got to give love back to the community, as I always say. And so he wanted to dig more into last week's episode with something I discussed with Patrick McGinnis, who wrote the book, The 10% Entrepreneur which is all about how to work and negotiate for equity or invest in companies and really how to put 10% of your time and business into side projects. So Gamal, and thank you very much for the question. He asks, how would you recommend that I approach negotiating either a royalty-based payment on profits for a company I'm working with related to my design work or equity in a company that I'm doing design work for? I've got no qualms about asking for those things because I agree work always ought to be compensated but I want to be fair, realistic, and professional when negotiating. So he then follows up with, specifically, I have no idea how to meaningfully, meaningfully evaluate a company in the case of an equity-based compensation agreement or how to evaluate the potential for profit by a client I may expect to earn based on a product I would design for. In my experience, this information is not obtainable from doing web research. Do I simply ask them outright or are there additional approaches to research that I'm not aware of? So... He later says, my business partner loved equity and royalty as a compensation angle, or, or sorry, a former business partner. However, it never panned out for us in practice, and I suspect it makes me skeptical that it works for me. I wonder if you have additional insight around the reporting payment aspect of these types of agreements so I can feel more confident and professional when negotiating. So Gamal, thank you so much for the question. I'll get into it uh, with my own experience. I'll, I'll share a story about my first startup I worked at where I got no equity. And these guys told me I was going to get equity when I started. And that was part of the allure. I was sexy, uh, wide-eyed, you know, 20-something kid that was looking for a startup job. And I was really into it. So I worked for a company. We built social media profiles and syndicated web video back in the day. This is right after YouTube got acquired uh, by Google. So we're really early adopters on video and worked with big clients like Warner Brothers, you know, based in LA. So we were very entertainment-focused and I had no equity. They kept leading me on. I never really demanded the equity. At one point, they told me, like, find a new job if this doesn't make you happy. And that's a rough thing to hear, you know, when you're early at a company. So I was like, look, this is a, a risk I'm going to take. I think if we have success or failure, then I'll get something out of this job. So this company got acquired for $20 million. And what happened was the equity I never got turned into no money except for a $5,000 raise. $5,000. So 
So my boss had a Lamborghini engine in his Audi, bought a house in Hollywood Hills, and was now hobnobbing with elite people going to TED Talks, you know, at the TED headquarters. And at that point, I think it was in Long Beach. He had a whole new social class of friends because he was rich. And I got $5,000. It's like that movie, uh, like that line, you know, like, all I got was this lousy watch, right? <laughs> it's like, you want a bonus from your boss, you don't want a watch. Or like a Christmas vacation when they give him the dessert of the month club instead of a bonus, like with Chevy Chase. Like, I don't want the dessert of the month club. I don't want a a bonus that's based on um, having something like a $5,000 raise. I want equity. It's like 50K or 100K. And so guys that I worked with that were younger than me and less qualified for their jobs, they made money. They were buying new cars and I was stuck, right? So I ended up getting laid off from the company. And what I realized was the best thing I ever did was not get equity for me. Because again, I believe failures really shape who you are. And so I learned how to negotiate. So Gamal, I'll tell you based on my failure is to answer your questions is I have three main takeaways. The first one is negotiate everything up front. Ask for as much equity as you can up front. And if you're going to do equity, demand 5%, demand 10%. Demand something high that you know is not what you're going to get because then they're only going to negotiate down. And oftentimes you can get a tenth of a percent or a 1% if you're an advisor for a company, depending on your experience. So get as much as you can up front. That's number one, because there's a chance you're never going to see um, or never going to get another chance to negotiate again. Because oftentimes if you get like, low equity and you want to renegotiate, they're never going to give it to you because ultimately like they got you, they got you on this deal and they're not going to change and you have to threaten to leave or threaten to quit. And it's really stressful. So to avoid that stress, ask for it all up front and get what you want and realize they're not going to pay you. So you can walk away and you have that leverage to leverage that power that you can walk away, right? Cause the best thing about a deal when you can walk away is that you, you have the control. Second is you have to accept that you may never see the money. You have to accept that you may never get a payout. Again, you have to IPO or get acquired by Google or Facebook. Like you can't just get equity and expect that you're going to make a million dollars. So you have to anticipate you're going to fail. Nine out of 10 startups fail. One out of 10 succeed. Based on the numbers, you're going to fail and get no money. So validate in a way where you appreciate the journey of the company. So number one, negotiate all up front. The, the second point I want to bring up is you need to experience the journey and enjoy it for what it is, accepting that it may fail. And my friend Sanjay Sharma, he now runs All Deaf Digital, which is Russell Simmons' um, digital group. He gave me this great advice when I worked at Machinima and a couple other companies. He's like, ask for everything up front, expect you're going to fail. So there is, is truth in that. And then finally, I would say if you're going to negotiate equity, figure out how much time you're going to allocate and don't get suckered into like suddenly you're working 10 hours a week on an equity-based company. So either spell that out in writing or know in advance, I'm only going to do two hours a week or I'm only going to do five introductions a month. Create a metric, create the metric you're going to give the value around and stick to it. Cause the second you get sucked in and these CEOs and executives are so good at selling and seducing you. I, I worked at a company where they promised me equity and then put a hiring freeze so I couldn't work full-time. I couldn't get equity. And we sold to Disney, a big multinational company, and I only got a 5K raise, right? And I'm grateful for that, but I'm grateful for the experience of failing because I now know how to negotiate a lot better. 
So I would say define the metric of what value you're giving and allocate your time around that. So just regrouping Gamal and anyone listening, give yourself a chance to, number one, when you negotiate for equity, ask for it all up front. Channel Nas, the world is yours, the world is yours, the world is yours. Ask for it all up front, ask for it all up front, ask for it all up front. Number two is expected to fail, appreciate the journey. Again, expected to fail, appreciate the journey, expected to fail, appreciate the journey. Third element here is define a metric, allocate accordingly. So say I'm going to do five introductions a month. I'm going to do five hours of marketing work a month. And for you, you're a designer. Say, I'm going to do two hours a week on designing, or I'm going to give feedback on three versions of their prototypes. And ultimately, once you have that metric, you know where you stand. And if you go above it, then renegotiate or check yourself and say, look, I only agreed to this. Or know in your head, like, I didn't negotiate that I was only going to do these hours, but I know I can't give any more because I have a business to run. I can't just, you know, play with funny money because equity is monopoly money. Equity is a piece of paper. Equity is nothing that you can put your hat on. So ultimately, I have a story I'll share in a future episode about Machinima, the startup where I used to work. And I bought my equity and we got acquired for $100 million from Warner Brothers. And this was just like a couple months ago. But I took a loss on the equity because we didn't sell for what we needed to sell for. And when I worked at Machinima, we were valued at $200 million. And Machinima is a a video game marketing company on YouTube. And so we would make YouTube videos around Minecraft. We helped launch Minecraft. And Minecraft is a global phenomenon. They sold for $2.5 billion to Microsoft. And this is a whole other podcast I'll get into later. But I ended up losing money on this deal. And I told my brother, like, hey, I bought my shares. And my my brother's in tech startups and entrepreneurship as well. And he texted me, oh, that's such a failure. And I said, no, I actually met a lot of great friends. Machinima helped me in the journey. Like, it helped me get a better job afterwards. And we launched Minecraft. I still tell clients that we launched the game Minecraft. If you, you haven't played Minecraft, I'm sure your kids have. It's a video game where it's like a 3D Lego game, and we, we helped make YouTube videos for it with no marketing budget to scale it globally, and we did it all for nothing, right? We did it for the love of the game, and we helped them succeed. So that's the story I have launching this global phenomenon that was bought for $2.5 billion. So Machinima was worth it, and I'll tell you more about the details about taking the loss in a future episode, but that's where the journey was worth it, and I, I highly recommend startups if you have these mentalities. Second and question you have here is how do you negotiate for something fair that's based on profit uh, sharing? So profit sharing is very tricky because, like you said, you don't know the valuation of the company, and you don't know what their sales are going to be directly tied to you based on. Because most salespeople, they get 25 to 30% of a deal. Um, on average, right? So you do a deal with Nestle or Microsoft and they market you know, video games on my YouTube channel at Machinima, I'll get 30% of the commission. So as a designer, it's a little tricky because you don't know your direct sales. So what I would do is I would find out how many customers they have now and how many customers you think you can drive to the product because of the design and ultimately do the math. And if you can drive... Let's say it's $1,000 a month in revenue per 1,000 customers at a dollar each to sell sandals on a website, and you think you can double that, then ask for you know, 30% of that commission. But ultimately, I think design is trickier, right? Because sales, you know you're going to do the deal. Design, they might not know what the metric is. So if you can 
build some sort of cost per acquisition into your technology where you know the acquisitions are coming from their new methodology, then I would consider that as a, a reference point. Because ultimately, thinking like a salesperson, you can easily calculate the ROI, but design is, is trickier. So I would consider just doing a fee-based work. And if they have no money, just figure out, like, do I believe in the product? Like, I'm, is it worth it? It sounds like not, because you want to be paid fair compensation. So I would negotiate a fee-based... Um, that's what I, actually what I'd do. I'd say, look, I can only work for a base fee, and then I want a percentage of sales. And I know people that are designers that there was a $100 product and they got a dollar out of every product and it scaled to like tens of thousands of, of people. This is a physical product. And they got a dollar off of all these deals. So they're making 20, 30K and then they got 1% of the deal. So you can do that. But I would say, look, I want a base. I, I need a base. I need a firm base because that shows they're serious about you. And then ask for a percentage of the sales. And don't go for 30% unless you're really confident because that's a sales number. But go for a, a, what you think is fair market value. It could be 10%. could be 5%. And then once it scales, in five years, you could still be making a dollar, $2, and all that remnant income. So that's where I would recommend get a base and negotiate per product based on what you think is fair. And you asked about valuations of companies. In Silicon Valley, they use the 10x rule on revenue. So your valuation, if you have a $10 million in sales, or I'm sorry, seven, uh, if you have $10 million in revenue every year, your valuation is typically 100K. And that sounds ridiculous, right? But if you're valued at 100K, that's 10 times 10 million in sales. And that's what they value companies at oftentimes that when investors come into play. So just find their revenue, ask them. They should tell you. If they don't tell you the revenues, then that's not a trustworthy company to work for. And you're never going to be able to figure out how many products you can sell if they're not going to be forthcoming from the get-go. So if they don't tell you the equity, just give up. Don't even consider working there unless you trust them. But it doesn't sound very trustworthy. Secondarily, just look at their numbers. Look at their Amazon page. Look at their Shopify page, their iPhone app. See how many downloads you can find. Use technology to find out how many Amazon reviews they have. Like, See where they're trending in, in different sales channels and ballpark it. And then come to them and say, hey, I thought you know, you were worth this. I think I can add this, much revenue. And, and there you go. So Gamal, I hope I answered these questions. And thank you so much. This is going to be a, a regular thing. I'd love to share my failures and my successes to help you all either learn from me or avoid the same pitfalls. Or you, know, you can share your stories with me and we can help the community collaborate together. So again, Ryan Williams, uh, thank you for listening. And if you have any feedback on this episode, if you have a name for this episode, what I can call it, go to at Ryan J. Will on Twitter and hit me up. If you want to be uh, answering or you want me to answer your questions, go to hello at influencereconomy.com. It is my email and I will answer your question on the air if I think it's going to help the broader community because again, this is for the people. The show is for the people. So hello at influencereconomy.com is the email. And finally, if you're on iTunes, please subscribe and leave a review. It really helps me get new listeners. So thank you. Y'all have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. I'm heading over to Duke Zebert's for some chicken in the pot. Uh-huh.